Well, good morning and welcome to Anastasia Church. We are so excited that you are joining us this morning. I hope you have had a great week and that this Sunday will be a blessing, the cherry on top of your week or going into the next one. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you to stop by our welcome desk in the atrium. We have a special gift for you and we'd love to get to know you and connect better. You can also text the number 904-441-6900. That will pull up our digital connect card. You can use that to send any prayer requests you may have or let us know that you're visiting, where you're visiting from. It's just a great way to stay connected with our pastors and ministry staff here at Anastasia. You can also text that same number and text the word news. That will pull up our digital bulletin. So if you have any questions about what's happening, you don't remember what I talk about up here, you can always check that throughout the week. A few things that we have going on. Tomorrow is our senior adult 55 and better movie. Hopefully any of y'all that qualify for that will be able to join us over in the CLC for a fun time. Also, if you've been looking for a way to get plugged in here at the church, um, <laughs> that was emphasis for the movie, I guess. <laughs> They're getting that movie ready here. Anyways, if you um, are just looking for a way to get better connected and involved here at Anastasia, save the date July 24th and July 31st will be our Say Yes weekends. If you were not a part of it last year, we will have ministry leaders in the atrium set up to answer any questions. So if there's a ministry that you've always felt you wanted to know more information about, you wanted to get involved in, that'll be a great time to get connected with them. If serving on the parking team has been the joy of your heart that you've always wanted to do that, that'll be a great opportunity to get connected with all of the different ministries that happen here at Anastasia. Thank you. Glory of the Lord to 
Speaking of Jesus, Paul wrote, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's stand. Let's sing. What is it that calls us to worship that name? What imbues it with such power 
that one day it will cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, there are many verses throughout God's word that speak of the power of Jesus' name. In Luke, we see that Jesus' name has the power of spiritual authority. Read this with me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In John, Jesus spoke of his name having the power of answered prayer. Jesus said, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The earliest disciples, they knew that in the name of Jesus was the power of miracles. Signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Peter told the crowd who witnessed the restoration of a formerly lame beggar that Jesus' name held the power of physical healing. Peter, speaking of Jesus, said, And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. The power of justification, that's the act of God, whereby he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. That power of justification is found in the name of Jesus. Let's read. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The name of Jesus is the power of salvation. Peter wrote, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And finally, the name of Jesus carries the power of ultimate sovereignty. John saw the great revelation. He wrote some of it down for us. He wrote, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and on his head are many diadems, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's stand and sing.
And Father, we bow before you and we exalt you for who you are and for all that you've done for us in your son, Jesus. You are love and in love, you gave your son for us. You are just and you made him our substitute and allowed him to stand in our place. You are sovereign and by your power, you raised him from the dead. You are gracious, and by your Spirit, you drew us to Christ, made us alive in him, and pardoned our many sins. You are faithful. For all the times we have doubted you, and for all the times we have failed you, you have kept us, and you will never let us go. We exalt your holy name. Right now, the angels that surround you cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy. And we gladly join them in worship. We are thankful that in your grace you have made us your children and that we can call you our Father. We bear your name in this world and we tremble to think that anyone would despise you because of what they see in us. Deliver us from merely calling you Lord and not doing what you command. Let us be done with living for ourselves and help us to live in a way that truly honors you. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing to this Christ who is our hope. In this life and after life, what is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone, what is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong, who holds our days within His hand, what comes apart from Oh, oh, oh. 
for the offering this morning. I don't know if you noticed that we're starting to build a new building. If you go out to this parking lot out here, you see the fence has gone around the kids' play yards. Well, that play yard is going to be moved over here. And then also over on this side, they're getting ready to put a new flagpole up. So it's begun. Little things, but you know, we're, we're doing it. And I praise the Lord for that. And it's because of you that we can consider doing things like this. So we want to thank you. Thank the Lord for your gifts and all that you give. So let's pray about that this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the offering that is given this morning. We pray, Lord, that you will use these gifts for your glory. And I thank you, Lord, that, that, uh, that you do it in a way that just really boggles our minds many times. But you provide, and you provide through your people, and I thank you for that. Now bless the offering and all that is given in Jesus' name. Say amen, sit down. <laughs> amen, right? Good morning, church. It's good to see you in the house this morning. Thank you for uh, taking time to be here this morning, for us to come together, for us to worship. 
And uh, I'm so thankful that you chose to be here this morning. Uh, we're in a two-week series where we're, we don't have a series, right? So we're in a two-week uh, span of time where we're getting ready to start a new series. And so we've got some open weeks. And so I got an opportunity to preach on a passage that I, I really, really love and uh, just am very fond of. And it's a passage in Ruth that we're going to be looking at, the story of Ruth and Naomi. And, uh, but this morning, I, I want to talk about uh, Ruth and Naomi's story because it's a story of redemption and finding hope in desperate places. And I think it also is an example for us as Christ followers, how to help others to find hope in Christ Jesus, how to find uh, redemption through him. And I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a desperate place or situation, a situation where you worried about your future and the outcome that was ahead of you. Uh, wondering if you would experience redemption. Maybe it was from a past mistake. Maybe it was from a hurt. Maybe it was from a failure. But I, I think many of us at times have felt that way, right? We would say that most of us in the world, especially even now, have experienced a sense of hopelessness and wonder and been in a desperate place. And uh, I can tell you a, kind of a serious and kind of a funny story at the same time uh, of a time where I kind of felt like this. Uh, I was about two months into uh, my new position here at the church. This has been a, year, a few years ago when I was the youth pastor. And I'd just taken the role as the youth pastor. And uh, been in the job maybe a month and a half. And one of our first things that we did as a youth group under my leadership was we, we did a uh, big uh, church. Um, we, we took the student center and we did a big cleanup day. And so we were painting in the student center. We were cleaning the kitchen. I mean, there was people doing yard work, planting plants, doing weeding. I mean, we had students all spread over our student center. And we were working really hard to make that place look really good. And we've been working just about half a day, and uh, we were uh, going, going through there in the student center, and then Pastor Walter happened to show up. And, you know, he was checking in on the student ministry, and I was showing him around all the hard work the students had done. And one of the projects that they were working on is that they were running new speaker wire in the attic of the student center. I don't know if you've ever been in the attic of the student center. My guess is that you haven't. But there's a very tight catwalk up there that goes from one end of the uh, sanctuary to the other. And so we had an adult leader and, and a couple students up there who were running that wire across that building. And no sooner had Walter just walked in the door and I was showing him around, one of those kids that was up there uh, missed the rafter and stepped through the drywall of the ceiling in the sanctuary. And here's Walter, and here's a kid that just fell out of the ceiling right under the floor. And I got to tell you, the kid was fine. I just saw him doing it the other day, and he's doing great. But in that moment where one of my students fell out of the ceiling onto the floor in the student center, there was a moment of desperation in my life. I began to think about all the places that were probably hiring in St. Augustine at that time. Because I thought for sure I was going to need to find a new job uh, here in St. Augustine. Uh, you know, but in those brief moments, uh, I, I was worried, but you know, I, I think luckily grace was given and I was able to keep my job and, and God has been faithful. But in all reality, I, I think there's moments in our lives and the lives of others where we experience desperate times. Where we have hurt in our life. Maybe it's a struggle that we have and, and maybe it's uh, some things that we're dealing with, or maybe it's the loss of a loved one. But there are times in our life where we experience hopelessness and desperation. And I think the reality is life is full of moments of hopelessness. And, and all the while we long for redemption and healing. 
We long for God to work in our situations. And I think for a lot of the world who is experiencing difficult times right now, we look around the world, it is, is a hopeless place for many people. And I think they long and desire to experience redemption and healing. And as Christ followers, we know the one who holds the power to heal. We know the one who has the story of redemption. And as we go to God's word, it's, it's repetitive over and over again of God's redemption and healing power. And that's what's so powerful about God's word in our lives is we know the story of healing. We know the story of redemption. But how can we help the world around us to find hope in their hopelessness? How can we help the world around us to find healing? How can we help the world around us to find redemption in Christ Jesus? And this is where the story of Ruth is so impactful for me. See, the, the story of Ruth takes place in a desperate time, right? Uh, and, and the story of Ruth uh, happens in the middle of a famine. And it kind of starts out with the story of uh, uh, Naomi and Elimelech. And Naomi is the mother-in-law to Ruth. And we're going to get a little bit more to that. But they were living in a desperate time. And there was a time of famine amongst the land. And really this famine was not just a physical famine. It was a spiritual famine. If you go through the book of Judges, uh, you can see that during the time of the leadership over Israel, there was many times where those who were over Israel didn't lead people towards God. They led them away. And so this is kind of that time. And so uh, Naomi and her husband and her two sons were living in Bethlehem at the time. And they decided that they needed to, to depart their land and go uh, for the future of their family, look for uh, food, really, to survive. And so they leave and they go out to Moab, which is actually uh, the land of their enemies, those who were, uh, you know, worshiping false gods. And so they left and make this pilgrimage over there and they spend some time there and their two sons uh, get married there and take up Moabite wives. And then some time goes by, goes by and something really tragic happens. Naomi's husband and her two sons tragically pass away. And so Naomi is left with her two daughter-in-laws. And that's kind of where we pick up in Ruth chapter 1, uh, verse 6 through 18. And I'm going to invite you, if you have your Bibles there this morning, to, to stand with me in the reading, in honor of the reading of God's word. And we're going to pick up in Ruth chapter 1, verse 6. It says this, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, speaking of Naomi, to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to a land of Judah. Went on their way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return, each of you, to her mother's house, and may the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each of you in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them, and she lifted up their voices, and they wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that will come and be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say have hope, even I should say, even should have a husband this night and should bear sons. Would you therefore wait until we are grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me, for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone against me. 
Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Verse 15. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone to be with her people and her gods and return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or return from the following from you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw this, she was determined to go with her. She said no more. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Here in Ruth, we have a powerful, powerful story of finding hope in desperate places and a powerful story of finding redemption. But what I want to focus on this morning is how can we make a difference in the lives of others around us? How can we make a difference in the lives of those who are searching for hope? How can we make a difference in the lives of those who are searching and longing to experience redemption and healing in their life? And I think through careful uh, perspective of looking at Naomi and Ruth's relationship, we can see some of those principles and how we can make a difference in those lives around us. And the story of Ruth and Naomi encourages us, first off, you can write this down, to lift others up in difficult seasons. Lift others up in difficult seasons. Verse 6 of our passage, it says that, speaking of Naomi, then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. In other words, she was making a choice to leave Moab to go back to return to her home because she had heard that God had been faithful in her home. And so was going to return there. But you know, for Naomi... I think there's a lot to be said about this one little verse in that phrase, then she arose. See, for Naomi, she was was in a desperate place. She not only just lost her husband and lost her two sons. I mean, she is in a hurtful place. And, and you know, as being a widow at that time meant she had no one to look after her, to care for her. She had no way to inherit land or wealth or livelihood. And, and, and for, for many of us, as we look at the situation, the end, the desperate situation, we would have just given up on life. We would have just laid there. But it says right here that she arose. See, Naomi did not just have herself to think about. She had to think about her two daughters and she wanted to be strong. She wanted to get up for them. And, and, and so she chose to help lift them up in a difficult season, even though, even though she herself was experiencing loss and grief. See, Naomi is an Israelite who knew the power and the hope of the God that she served. And she had heard and she had knew that God was faithful to those back at home and, and was showing up to provide food and, and rescuing those who were faithful to God. You know, I, I love to see God's creation do what it was intended to do, right? I love to see God's creation doing what it was designed to do. I, I love, the other day I was at the zoo with my kids and we were looking at all the different animals and we were watching the monkeys and monkeys have these long arms and they were swinging from vine to vine and tree to tree and that was just amazing to watch. And, but they were doing it at ease and they were just doing what God created them to do. And we went over to the giraffe exhibit and the giraffes were able to, you know, eat the leaves off to the tallest trees on the canopy because they have the long necks and they're just doing what God created them to do. You know, I... When the church does what God created it to do, 
we lift up others in their time of weakness. That's what God created the church to do, to love others and to lift them up in their times of hopelessness, to encourage them when they experience loss, when they experience grief. Uh, Just yesterday, we had a, a, a funeral for one of our church members, and I was amazed to see how our church stepped up to minister and care for the family. They were really doing what the church was created to do. I mean, this family who had lost a loved one, they were there in the last days before the loved one passed away, encouraging and praying for the family. They were there at the funeral, providing food, providing comfort, providing support, whatever was needed. They were being the church, and they were doing exactly what God created them to do. As we see Naomi, Naomi found purpose in lifting up those around her her daughters-in-law, even as she was struggling personally. You know, as a follower of God, this is what she was supposed to do. And this is our call as well. If we want to make a difference in the world around us, if we want to help those who are lost find comfort, we need to lift them up in their time of need. We need to stand alongside of them. And this is how we see Naomi lifted her daughters-in-law up. She put hope on the horizon. She put hope on the horizon. See, in verse 6, it says, For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food in their time of need, right? And so what Naomi did is she shared with her daughters-in-law that I had heard the faithfulness of my God to show up in their time of need. And she shared that with them, that we need to get up, we need to, we need to rise up again. And even in the midst of that, you know, we see Naomi later give them blessing to go back to their homes. Uh, And Orpah decides to do that, but Ruth decides to stick with Naomi. But she was putting hope on the horizon. And even in the midst of that, she was blessing them and encouraging them to live fuller lives. But Naomi had heard that God had visited her people in the land of Bethlehem. And for for Ruth, during that time, she was putting hope on the horizon for her. And, and once again, Naomi had to put herself in a position of caring for her family. You know, I, I think most of the world is desperately searching for hope right now. They're looking and they're longing for hope. And we have the answer. We have the source of hope to share it with them. Uh, this past week, I was uh, on an offshore fishing trip. And when we went offshore, the seas were really, really rough. And it got so rough at some points that I couldn't even see the horizon line because it was blocked by the waves that were in front of me. And that horizon line is a source of strength for me because I, I, get, I suffer from seasickness. So, like, I, I need to see that horizon line so I don't start to feel sick and nauseous. I have to look at that horizon because that's a steady point that's not moving when everything else is moving. And so I need to look for it. But it was a struggle for me as the boat tipped from side to side and moved up and down. And uh, the waves were so high that I couldn't see it. And I think most of the world is desperately searching for hope. And like that boat I was on, they're being tossed by the storms of life. And they're looking for a source of hope, searching and looking for it. You know, as Christ followers, we know that hope. And we need to put hope on the horizon for the people around us. If we want to make a difference, if we want to help them in their time of need, we need to share with them the good news of Jesus. I I love what Hebrews 6, 19 says this. Yes, Jesus is our hope and our anchor who will keep us in the midst of the storms. He is the one who is able to keep us steadfast and unmovable in spite the tides of life. Jesus is our anchor. He is our sure and steady hope in the midst of the storms of life. 
And we need to share that hope. We need to share that anchor with the world around us. Naomi stepped in and although Ruth was not an Israelite by birth, she was a Moabite. And, and her family and, and the, the people that she grew up were false gods. Naomi began to share with Ruth the goodness of the God that she knew and the hope that she had in her God that she worshiped. And so she put hope on the horizon. And, and we need to do the same to those around us. We need to share with those who are lost the God that we serve and his faithfulness and his love and his care for us. We need to put hope on the horizon. Third thing that you can write down this morning, we need to give those around us, we need to give blessing and affirmation. We need to give blessing and affirmation. And uh, verses six through eight, Naomi, uh, even though she helped uh, her daughters-in-law get up, uh, she wanted them to, to be blessed. She wanted them to have full lives. And so she told them, go return each of you to your mother's house, the land that you grew up. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead, have you have loved my sons and with me. And she said, Lord, grant you, may you find rest, each of you in your house of her husband. And then she kissed them. Even in the midst of this tragedy that she is going through, she offers nothing but blessing to her daughters-in-law, affirm, affirming them, hoping for, and encouraging them to find the best. She gives them the blessing before uh, to go start a new life. And even though Orpah decides to go back to her homeland, Ruth decides to cling to her. And because Ruth clings to Naomi, Naomi kind of takes her in and doesn't treat her like a daughter-in-law. She treats her like her own daughter. And she loves her and she encourages her throughout the story of Ruth. If you haven't taken time to read the story of Ruth, I encourage you to do that throughout the story. It's this message of blessing after blessing after blessing. Going out of our way to give blessing to others. Uh, and, you know, we see uh, her helping uh, Ruth find a new life. And it's a story of redemption. You know, I uh, have time to go through the whole book of Ruth. But uh, Ruth is one of those books that could be uh, made into a Hallmark movie. Anybody seen a Hallmark movie before? I've sat through a few of them with my wife, right? And a Hallmark movie starts out the same. I'm sorry to ruin it for you guys, right? There's always tragedy at the beginning. And at the end, it's the happiest of endings, Right? The story of Ruth is that. It's this immense tragedy. And there's this immense hopelessness. But at the end of the story, and, and I encourage you to read through it, uh, uh, the only hope for Naomi and Ruth was to find a kinsman redeemer. And this word is used there. A kinsman redeemer would be someone who is in the family of the widow who is charged with looking after and caring for him. In fact, the, the, the definition of a kinsman redeemer is someone who would act on behalf of a, re, a relative who is in trouble and in danger or in need. And so as the story goes on, uh, Ruth meets a, a man named Boaz, just like in the uh, Hallmark movies, right? There's this, this Prince Charming comes in, right? This is Boaz. And he comes into the story and just like Naomi had heard, God had been showing the faithfulness to his people Ruth ends up in a field that is owned by Boaz, and Boaz permits her the opportunity to glean from her field, basically to find food, to find a source of income in her field, and so in his field. And so they meet, and of course, as the Hallmark movie goes, they fall in love, right? And throughout this time, Naomi is encouraging and blessing Ruth, giving her encouragement. And, and I love what Ruth chapter 2, verse 20 says. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, this is after uh, she had met Boaz, 
May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living nor the dead. And Naomi also said to her, this man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Man, Ruth was continually blessed by Naomi. And I, and I love to see this, that at the beginning of our story, Ruth's gods that she served were not the same as Naomi's. But at the beginning of that, she made a commitment to worship the God that her mother-in-law, Naomi, served. And she said, wherever you go, I will go. And whatever, whoever your God is that you serve, I will serve your God. And through that process, Naomi sticks with Ruth to help her find a redemptive story in the Lord our God. That's the power of this story. And she finds her kinsman redeemer, and it really shows Ruth's or Naomi's ability to walk alongside others in their journey towards redemption. And which should be a message to us. We can write this down. Walk alongside others in their journey towards redemption. And the last part of that says when, verse 18, and when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more. It's kind of this point where Naomi realized that God had given her Ruth to help her find her redemption story in God. I, I, I love that Naomi and Ruth, they didn't have it all figured out at this point in the story. But nevertheless, they were committed to one another. Naomi committed herself to Ruth, to walking alongside of her towards her pathway to redemption. And I love this passage. He says, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. There was a commitment that she made to Naomi and Naomi made a commitment to her. You know, at Anastasia, we like to say that we are imperfect people helping other imperfect people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. If there's ever a situation that modeled that, it's Ruth and Naomi. Naomi didn't have it all together. She was grieving. She was dealing with loss in her life. But she was committed to helping Ruth find her redemption story in God. And she walked alongside of her each and every day. You know, an amazing thing happens in the end of the story. Naomi had committed to help Ruth in finding blessing and redemption. And uh, just as the Hallmark movie goes, right, Boaz and Ruth get married at the end of it. And end of the story, and I don't, I don't want to ruin it all for you. I encourage you to read it. But uh, they have a son together. And it brings blessing upon Naomi. And it brings blessing upon Ruth and his, Boaz is their kinsman redeemer, and they have a son named Obed. And the child is a blessing to the family and the lineage of Naomi. And what's beautiful about this passage is Obed's son was Jesse, and Jesse's son was David. And we know that David is in the lineage of Christ Jesus. So Jesus comes out of the lineage of Ruth. Such a powerful story of how Ruth was in a desperate situation, hopeless, looking for redemption, and that the power of the God that we serve and Ruth's commitment to walking, or Naomi's commitment to walking alongside her, she found redemption story through her kinsman redeemer. You know, this story foreshadows the savior that we have. When we are in our desperate place, when we are in our hopeless state, our kinsman redeemer, Christ Jesus came and he has given us hope and he has given us rescue and he has helped us to find the pathway towards redemption through his death on the cross.
So this morning, as, as we close the service this morning, I, I, want, I want to share with you the importance it is for us to be committed to putting hope on the horizon for the world around us. They're desperately looking, they're desperately longing to find the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Let's put hope on the horizon for the world around us. Let's help them find the hope and the anchor for our soul, which is Christ Jesus. So this morning, as we have a time of invitation, maybe this morning is a time that we renew our commitment to serving those around us and walking with people as they look through their path of redemption and discipling them and caring for them. We say at Anastasia, disciple-making is our mission. And the way that you make disciples is by walking alongside of them in good times and in bad times, helping them to find the hope and peace of Christ. Let's pray together this morning. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, God, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to open your word. And Father, we ask that, God, as we look to your word and we're reminded of, God, the hope that you give us, God, I pray that we would share that hope with the world around us. And this morning, if there's someone here, Father, who hasn't put their hope and trust in you, and God, maybe they're here this morning and they are just, just like Naomi and Ruth, they're in a just desperate situation. God, I pray that this morning that they would surrender their trust to you, Lord Jesus. God, they would admit their need for you as a savior of their life and accept you as Lord and Savior. God, maybe for some of us, it's, it's time that we become a part of this church family, Lord. And, and some of us, we need to be lifted up in our time of need. And God, uh, what better time than now to be a part and to join this church family? Maybe it's to take a next step of faith to be baptized. Whatever you're leading, wherever you're leading in our lives, Lord. That next step, I pray that we would take it in obedience this morning. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship this morning. You come as the Lord leads. You come.
as we depart. Receive your blessing from God's word. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go out now to be a blessing in the power of the name of Jesus. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.